This is the Victory Podcast. Every week, we'll share an inspiring message about God's grace and forgiveness for you, wherever you're at in life. Your victory starts now. We'll be looking at selected verses from 2 Samuel chapter 15. To give you a little context, um, King David's son, Absalom, has raised up a rival army to overthrow his father's kingdom. And so David now is on the run and he's filled with grief and mourning. A messenger came and told David, the hearts of the people of Israel are with Absalom. Then David said to all his officials who were with him in Jerusalem, come, we must flee or none of us will escape from Absalom. We must leave immediately or he will move quickly to overtake us and bring ruin on us and put the city to the sword. The whole countryside wept aloud as all the people passed by. The king also crossed the Kidron Valley and all the people moved on toward the wilderness. But David continued up the Mount of Olives weeping as he went. His head was covered and he was barefoot. All the people with him covered their heads too and were weeping as they went up. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. Lord God, we thank you for the opportunity to to hear your word, to receive your word, to put your word into practice, to receive that visible word, the the Lord's Supper today. I pray, Lord God, you would use all of it to speak to, to our hearts and don't let anything I'm doing get in the way of the work of your spirit. In your name we pray, amen. Is your life turning out how you planned? Do you think back when you were a young child and, and you had all these dreams of how your life was going to turn out, all these things that you were going to accomplish, all these things that you were going to do? Would you think back to those days? Have they come true? Has your life turned out how you planned? As I think about all the people I know, I can't think of one person who could say, yes, my life is turning out exactly how I planned. This is how I thought my life was going to go. On the other hand, I can think of many people who would tell me, this is not what I planned. When I got married and we had all these hopes and dreams for our marriage, I never planned on our marriage having so much strife and pain. And I never, when I got married, I never planned on getting a divorce. I know many people would say, you know, when I took that job and we moved over there, I never planned that we were going to have so much financial hardship. When I started this business, I was never planning on going through bankruptcy. When I had children, I never planned on them falling away. I, I never planned on losing a child. When I was younger, I never planned on me being the one who had health issues. I I knew other people did, but I took care of myself. I never thought I would be the one struggling with bad health. My life is not turning out how I planned. 
It was just over a year ago that my wife and I went to San Antonio for a celebration of, of ministry and anniversary in the ministry. And it was a great retreat and we had a lot of fun and it was restorative. And, and yet on the way home, on our flight to Chicago, we found out that everything was going to be delayed. And we needed to get to Chicago to get our flight to go to Milwaukee. And we needed to get back uh, to see our kids and, and pick up our children. And, and so on the way to Chicago, we found out that not only was our flight being delayed, we were being detoured. We were not going to land in Chicago. We'd miss our flight in Chicago. We were going to Grand Rapids. And then when we got to Grand Rapids, we, we stood or we sat in the, in the plane for like two hours. They thought, well, maybe we'll circle back around. But that never happened. So now the airport's closed and we get left out of the, the airplane. And I just remember thinking, this is not how we planned. This is not where I want to be. And maybe that's where you are today. You're saying, this is not what I planned. This is not where I want to be. Today we're continuing our sermon series, Summer Vacations, and we're going to talk about going to a place that no one wants to be. No one chooses to go to this place. It's the Kidron Valley. Now, the Kidron Valley is a, is a real place in Jerusalem, uh, right outside the, the Temple Mount. There's a, a valley that goes down off the Temple Mount, and then it goes up to the Mount of Olives. That's the Kidron Valley. That's a real place, but it's also a symbolic location. That symbolically, this is kind of the valley of mourning, the valley of trouble, the dark valley, the shadow, the valley of the shadow of death. And that's where we're going to go today. And we're going to use that location to answer this important question. What do you do when your life doesn't turn out the way you planned? And to answer that question, we're going to go back to our reading from 2 Samuel chapter 15. And what we realize is that a lot has happened since our last time we heard about David. Uh, last week, Pastor Bill talked about the famous story of, of David and Goliath. I think actually this is the most famous story in the Bible, the most well-known story in the Bible. And it's a very American story, right? This young boy uh, triumphs over this giant, this big enemy with his skill and with the help of the Lord and his faith in the Lord. And because of his courage, because of his faith, he, he dropped that giant. And if you keep reading 2 Samuel, uh, in many ways, his life goes up and to the right. He continues to trust in the Lord, and, and he's just an incredible human being. He's a musician. He plays the harp. He's a poet. He, uh, he writes many of the Psalms. Uh, he leads Saul's armies, and everywhere he goes, there's success until the point where he himself takes over the kingdom, conquers the area of Jerusalem, and it becomes known as the city of David. And then when we get to 2 Samuel chapter 8, we hear the, uh, the writer kind of summarizes um, David's life. It says this, the Lord gave David victory wherever he went. His whole life was victory. Everything was going perfectly. He, he, he was conquering all his enemies. He was trusting the Lord. He was flourishing and prospering. He had victory in every area of his life. 
And yet from that moment on, that peak of success, his life took a nosedive. Took a nosedive because he got bored and isolated and arrogant. And that's a bad combination. In his boredom, he he stopped doing the things that God had called him to do. He stopped leading his army. He stopped leading the people. And in his boredom, he started wandering on his rooftop. And he noticed the woman Bathsheba bathing. And because he was isolated, Joab, his general, was out fighting battles. There was no one there to hold him to account. And so he called for the woman. And in his arrogance, he took advantage of his position of power by taking advantage of this woman. And when it was found out that she was pregnant and he couldn't figure out any other way to cover up what he had done, he had her husband, a faithful soldier, one of his mighty men, Uriah, killed in battle. Complete wickedness. Total nosedive. Well, thankfully, the prophet Nathan had the courage to confront David and called him to account and told him about his sin. And thankfully, David confessed his sin. Unfortunately, because of all the things that he had done, all the wickedness that he had done, it created a cascade of consequences. For one, uh, David's son Amnon followed in his father's footsteps. He followed in his father's footsteps by by lusting after his half-sister Tamar, taking advantage of his power and position, and he took advantage of Tamar. And then his other son, Absalom, to get revenge for his sister, killed Abnon. And then Absalom, after going into hiding, comes back and undermines his father's army. And his kingdom, he would stand out uh, in the place where the people would come in uh, to, the, to his palace to, to settle judgments. And Absalom would stand out there and say things like, you know, if I was king, you wouldn't have so many problems in your life. He gathered up support and, and grew this large army and to the point where Absalom tried to overthrow his father's kingdom. And that brings us to our reading today in verse 13, where we read, A messenger came and told David, the hearts of the people of Israel are with Absalom. Then David said to all his officials who were with him in Jerusalem, come, we must flee or none of us will escape from Absalom. We must leave immediately or he will move quickly to overtake us and bring ruin on us and put the city to the sword. David knew that he, if he stayed in Jerusalem, there'd be more bloodshed. He would have to fight against his old son and his own son had this strong army that, that it would be a bloodbath and they'd be even worse. So he decided to gather up all his officials, gather everything up and get out of town as fast as he could. And so he leaves this, this temple mount area the, the, where his palace was, this Jerusalem mount, and he goes down through the Kidron Valley, a place, again, symbolically, a place of mourning and grief. This is what we read. The king also crossed the Kidron Valley, weeping as he went. His head was covered and he was barefoot. So David 
crosses the Kidron Valley and he's full of guilt and shame and he's mourning. He thinks back to, to who he once was. The people used to chant songs about him, how he would slay thousands, how he had this incredible kingdom. There was a time where he was the, the giant slayer. He was the, the incredible king, but now he's lost everything. He lost his power, his wealth, his position, his kingdom, and his family. And as he traces the steps back, he recognizes that the reason he is in this position, it's because his fault. He did it. Now, maybe that's where you're at today. You're in your own Kidron Valley, your own time of grief and mourning. Your life has taken not just some delays, but it's taken some detours, and you find yourself in places you don't want to be. You never thought you would lose that loved one. You never thought you would lose that job. You never thought you'd lose that health. You never thought you would go through all of this loss. You didn't think you would be in this place. And for some of us, we look back and we can trace the steps that some of the reasons that we're in this place, some of the reasons is it's our fault. And so we're mourning what could have been. We're mourning all the things that have been taken from us, all the things that we've lost, all the problems that we're facing, all the grief and pain and suffering that we're experiencing in this moment. We're mourning because we're in the place we don't want to be. Now, the scripture says that Christians grieve. We grieve when things like this happen. We grieve when things don't go our way. We grieve in times of loss. And yet the scriptures also say we don't grieve like the rest of the world that has no hope. And so David grieved. He was weeping and, and he, his head was covered and he walked out barefoot. He's just completely overwhelmed with grief and yet he still had hope. And we know he had hope because when you read the Psalms, the Psalms tell us what was really going on internally. You could read, for example, Psalm 3 and it tells us in the heading of Psalm 3 that this is what he was praying while he ran away from Absalom. And other psalms were inspired by this event. I think one of them is Psalm 23. In Psalm 23, David writes, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, or the valley of the shadow of death, or you could even say the Kidron Valley, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. So David could look back on all the carnage in his life and he could see that so much of it was his fault and yet he still held on to this hope that God was still with him. That there was no condemnation because he believed he was forgiven. He believed that he was accepted, that God had not re rejected him. And although he was in this valley, he was not alone. Even though his leaders and his, his officials like Ahithophel had abandoned him and betrayed him, his own son betrayed him, he knew that his God would not betray him, that his God would be faithful. You might not want, you might be in a place you, wanna, you don't want to be today. 
Things have happened to you or things that you've done have brought you to a place that you don't want to be. Your life has been delayed and detoured and you find yourself in Grand Rapids when you want to be in Milwaukee. And so you, you think maybe I'm here because God's mad at me or maybe I'm outside of God's jurisdiction. You know, when I was doing those other things or in that other place or things were going differently or I felt God's blessing, then God was with me. But now that I'm outside of that, now that I have all these things that are going wrong in my life, now I'm outside of, of God's presence. Maybe I'm all alone out here. But you can believe exactly what David says, that even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, even though you're in your own Kidron Valley, God is with you. And we can know that even more than David did. Because we have more scripture to call upon. See, in the New Testament, in John chapter 18, we read that someone else passed through the Kidron Valley. Jesus. That Jesus passed through the Kidron Valley. Like David, he had to leave his kingdom. Like David, he was betrayed by his closest followers. But what made Jesus' time in the Kidron Valley different is Jesus chose to be there. Jesus chose to go through the Kidron Valley to be betrayed, to be hung up on a cross, to be abandoned so that you would always be accepted. Jesus left his kingdom so that you would always be welcomed in. And because Jesus chose to be abandoned, you can always believe no matter where you find yourself, God is with you. God is with you even in the darkest valley. Now there was something else that gave David hope. David had hope that not only... um, was God with him, but that God would return him back to Jerusalem and restore him as the king in Jerusalem. He he said something like that. Uh, He said to the priest as he left, he said, if I find favor in the Lord's eyes, he will bring me back and let me see it, the, the Ark of the Covenant and his dwelling place again. So he believed that God was going to bring him back. He believed that God was going to restore him. He believed that God was going to work all things out for his good. But David actually had an even bigger hope, an even deeper desire. See, when he wrote Psalm 23, he ends it with these words saying what his real hope was. He said, surely your goodness and love will literally pursue me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. See, this is what David was really yearning for. Yes, he was separated from his kingdom and yes, he was separated from his son and yes, so many of these things had caused separation in his life, but really his biggest longing, his biggest promise that he was separated from God and his deepest desire, his deepest longing was to be restored in God's presence, to be with the Lord, to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's the same for us. You see, your deepest longings, that biggest grief, the biggest pain that you feel is not just the loss of that loved one. 
or those unmet dreams, but what you're really longing for is God. You're longing to be in his presence. You're longing for him to put everything back to the way it's supposed to be. You're longing to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And because of Jesus Christ, we know that that longing will be fulfilled. See, Jesus didn't just go through the Kidron Valley and and be put on trial and go to the cross and die, but he also rose from the dead. And because Jesus rose from the dead, what he promises is what happened to Jesus will happen to us and to the whole world. What happened to Jesus will happen to us and will happen to the whole world. This is what our deepest longings are pointing us towards. And John talks about this. If, we had your, if you had your Bible in, in front of you right now, you could go to the last page of your Bible and you would read this. John's vision of the life to come, of what will happen when Jesus returns and we're resurrected. He says this. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven, the first earth had passed away and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God. This is the church, God's people, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard in a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. And so when David was mourning about all that he had lost, he was mourning what he had lost, but he was also longing for this. He didn't just want um, his kingdom to be restored. He wanted to be restored to be in God's presence. He wanted God to wipe every tear from his eye. He wanted God to put everything back together again. He wanted to be with God. And that's the same for us. Our deepest longings are not just to be prosperous, not just to have a healthy marriage, not just to have good health. Our deepest longings are to be with God. C.S. Lewis talked about that. He said, we have this desire that it seems like nothing in this world can satisfy. And everything else we have a desire for seems to be able to be satisfied. You know, if we're hungry, there's such a thing as food. We're thirsty, there's such a thing as drink. We have all these desires and they're usually satisfied, but there's this one desire that never seems to be satisfied. And he says, the reason is, is because we were made for a different world. We're longing for the life of the world to come. And one day God is going to bring us home. And so that helps us answer our opening question. What do we do when life doesn't turn out the way we planned? Grieve with eternal hope. It's okay to grieve. 
And so create a mourn all the things that you've lost, all those unmet dreams, all those unmet expectations, all the lost loved ones, all the lost things. It's okay to grieve. Jesus mourned as he watched Jerusalem filled with unbelief. Jesus cried at the tomb of Lazarus, even though he was going to raise him from the dead. It's okay to grieve. And yet we grieve with hope. We have this resurrected hope. No, God might restore some of these things right now, and that would be great. He might restore your marriage right now, might restore your health right now, and that would be great. But even if he doesn't, he's going to put everything back together at the resurrection. After we landed in Grand Rapids, we didn't know what to do, uh, but we decided we were going to rent a car, and there was another couple who was also heading towards Milwaukee, and so we shared the car with them, and we drove through the night, and it was long, and we were trying to keep each other awake, and then we finally got home. And that's what we were longing for. That's what we wanted. We just wanted to get home. No matter where you are today, no matter how God has allowed detours to happen in your life, God is going to use it all to direct you back home. And so, grieve all that's been lost. Confess all the ways that you contributed to that loss. Fix your eyes on Jesus who loves you and forgives you. And always hold on to hope that God is using it all to bring you back home. Amen. Let's pray. Lord God, we know that many of us here have this ache. All of us have this deep longing that will only be satisfied in you. Lord God, until that last and great day when you return and make all things new, help us to be satisfied in you. Help us to see your hand in all the places that we find ourselves. Give us this indestructible hope to keep our eyes fixed on you, to live joyful and thankful lives until you return. We ask all this in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Victory Podcast, brought to you by Victory of the Lamb in Franklin, Wisconsin. For video sermon archives, more information about us, and to let us know how we can meet you where you're at, go to victoryofthelamb.com.